back at our comfy confines. What a show we have for you today. There are stories beneath the stories, including one which was just a, a photo I took coming off the plane yesterday. There was Colin Morikawa. There was the Claret Jug. It has exploded and gone viral all over the world. Golf Digest, ESPN, and more. We'll have the story behind the story. Plus, talking about stories behind the stories, what about how Colin Morikawa did it? I'm not talking about his golf swing or putts that he made, but physically what he used to do it, he changed it all right on the eve of the Open. We'll have that story from the source. It's all coming up today. Worldwide, digital radio and television. We are Fairways of Life. Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Great to be back with you guys again. It's been a couple weeks since we've been here together in Orlando, but what a trip it was to the UK. It turned out to be a fantastic open, I think. Hopefully you guys feel the same way. Dom, what was it like uh, stateside here? I, I assume you took in most of the open on the television side. What was the television coverage like? Were they, I believe they were in... Golf Channel's headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut, calling it off the monitors because of all the COVID concerns, if I'm not mistaken. How did all that play out they from were. your perspective? It was a little strange, obviously. I mean, everything in the last 18 months for almost everyone on the planet Earth has been a little bit strange. So they mentioned multiple times that they couldn't go because of COVID restrictions. There was a lot of studio stuff going on. But during yeah. the actual live coverage proper, Matt, honestly, it wasn't terribly different. I mean, with, with as you know, as we know, with technology these days and the speed at which things can connect and the monitors in people's houses and stuff, it really didn't feel dramatically different than typical coverage would be. I, th- I think they probably had less people physically on the grounds walking the course, oh, sort yeah. of checking in. But, um, I mean, the coverage, as always, of a major championship was extensive and was awesome. And yeah, it was I really saw. Cool to see every second of it. <laughs> on the grounds itself, I saw Nota Begay, was talking to him quite a bit. I, I want to get him back on the show again, Dom. What he's doing with his junior series is really cool. He said he had over 5,000 juniors participate last year, and he told me that they've uh, partnered with a foundation. I, I don't know what foundation it is yet because I want to get him on to get more details. And we're like passing as we're both, you know, you're out in the golf course calling shots. So you don't have a lot of time to talk. But he said this foundation is such that if there's a junior that wants to play and can't afford it, that they'll be able to play because of the funding from the foundation. I mean, it's mind-blowing what he's doing. Really cool. So I saw him out there. I saw Karen Stupples out there. I saw Rich Beam for Sky. We're all NBC, all the, right? Um, uh, I saw Jamie Spence for Sky. Radar Riley was out there. I'm trying to think who else. I, I didn't see, I didn't see uh, David Faraday this year. So I'm assuming that he didn't go over. But anyway, so they were on the course because that was the one thing I was saying that when you have broadcasters, even if you're on site, if you're in the tower at, say, 18, you're in a tower, you're still pretty much calling all the action off a monitor. You know, the the thing that the person on the ground provides you with, and obviously we have it with our radio because that's all we are is on the ground, is that 
the nuance of like a, a, a burst of wind or something that was said or anything. Those, those little things like that, that that play in that I think make it really different. So yesterday... I had a question, Matt, about the crowds there. Yeah. Because they, obviously they were, they were still limited, but there a was little. a lot of people. Yes. And I'm curious, you having been on the grounds and inside the ropes for I don't even know how many Open Championships in a row... Mm-hmm. Was the feeling on site on Sunday, because I know you were following Jordan Spieth's group, but I'm more interested in, like, the aura on the grounds. Did it feel, like, was that pressure and that crowd and that the murmuring and the noise, was it sort of up to par, or did it still, it's still not right because of the limitations? How would you describe that? For me, it felt the exact same, and the reason why is, is when you're doing you know, the world radio broadcast, such as we are, you've only got three, maybe four packs is what they call us on the ground at a time. That's the broadcast units that we were. It's the same for television. We all go through the same audio trucks. And it, it looks like a belt you'd put on when you're doing power lifting. And the heaviest thing on those belts are the batteries that make all of it work. And, and then we have a headset with, a, with an antenna sticking out of it. And all of us have the exact same equipment. The television, radio, it doesn't matter. It's all the exact same. And what they do is with our team is we go out in two. So you have a commentator and you have an analyst and, and it comes off two wires out of the pack and it gets split. So you guys can comment accordingly as you're watching whatever you're watching. And because you only have that limited number of packs, you have to pretty much choose. Now, now granted, you've got a morning wave, you've got an afternoon wave. So on Thursday and Friday, we're going to do probably 45 holes on the ground. It's a great workout for the for the week, I can tell you that. But we're going to do at least 45 holes per day. So you're going to get a lot of action. But who are you going to get in that action is what I'm getting at. You're going to get big names. So I was with, you know, Tommy Fleetwood, Rory McIlroy. I had Jordan Spieth on both days over the weekend, just as an example. And so as a result, you're going to have huge galleries with you anyway. And when the gallery ends up getting five people or 10 people deep, you can't tell the difference between 32,000 people being on site, which was what the RNA told us they were going to allow, uh, versus 50,000 on site or what have you. It just is a sea of humans. It's just packed. And then in particular on the weekend, because again, I had Jordan both days and you can see the photos that, that Andrew's putting up, the the photo that's on the television side right now is actually from the, the first hole. And you can see all the people piling in there and just having a great time because it was super warm. The, on, on Sunday, the temperature had to tick up near at least 80 degrees. And remember, there's, there's like, it's crystal clear. So you really feel the heat. And, and it was until, not until the wind started to kick up a little bit that it, that it started to cool down. So, yeah, I would, I would tell you that from my part, and I, w- I would think that the players would tell you the exact same thing, it felt the same as it ever felt. It was glorious. Uh, at 18, I'm not sure if you guys noticed. See, like that shot that, that Andrew has up right now, which is a fabulous shot, that's from the sixth green. That's the par three sixth. That was the hole that in a second you're going to hear from Jordan Spieth. That was the hole that was basically, I think, his undoing. It happened on Saturday. He started to go squirrely as early as this hole, but look behind that hole, Dom. Do you see what's there? 
That's a dune. It's the largest dune on the golf course, and it provided great viewing of both the fifth green, which was way down by the water to the left of the shot that you guys are looking at on television, and this par three sixth green that's in the foreground of the photo. There you can see all the people encircling on this side. That yeah, it dune. Like you fit more people up there. It was <laughs> so. It was so cool. It became a human dune of all these people just packed up on top of this thing. And that was, that was the coolest sight to me of, of the week because the dunes, by and large, at Royal St. George's because it's in southeast England, are pretty tame. They're pretty low-running, rolling dunes. I would, I would say they were a lot more like the old course in terms of the dunes height. The courses are obviously very distinctive otherwise. But, yeah, it was very, it was very, very cool. So, uh, I, and I'll go through the, some more thoughts on, on following Jordan and all the rest in just a second. But I want to talk to you about what happened with this viral video. So, the, the travel started early yesterday. We get through Fit to Fly and all the COVID tests you have to do and everything to, in order to be able to fly. And I get to my gate and I see a bunch of people that I know, media people. There was a whole bunch of tour players in the flight. We were going to Atlanta and then from Atlanta they were spreading out wherever they're going. And they call the first class and all that. And those guys get on there. Then they called. I, I had opted for what's called a Comfort Plus, right? So I get on. Um, so I'm right behind first class. And I bump into another colleague of mine. He's getting on. He goes, hey, did you s- just see what happened with Colin Morikawa? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, he's on our flight. And he showed up with the Claret Jug. And they wouldn't let him go on because he had three bags. So we had to check. Did you not know the story, done? Did I not tell you when I arrived yesterday? No, they, did he decide to, did he opt to check the jug? I think he, he had the gate check the Claret jug. Now, later on in, in social media, when I put the picture out, somebody said, how do you know that's the Claret jug? Don't show them the, the photo just yet. They're like, how do you, how do you, I'm talking to Andrew here. How do you know that's a Claret jug? And I said, I know it's a Claret jug because I had to host a Claret jug a couple years ago for Golf Channel as it was on a media tour. So I was opening and closing that box and pulling the Claret jug out for like local interviews and the morning shows and, you know, like the sports radio shows, blah, blah, blah. So I'm very familiar with, with how the Claret jug tours. Now, having said that to you, I could tell you that when he got off the plane in Atlanta, he had the Claret jug back in his possession so fast that I have a feeling somebody nudged somebody and said, hey, you know, that's the Claret jug. He just wanted yesterday, mate. So anyway, he, he had it. So... On the plane, there's a bunch of people fist pumping him and all the rest. He was in the last row of first class, and my seats were like five back in, in the, in the uh, steerage section. And so I could kind of see what was going on and all the rest. So we get off the plane, and I take it was because he had to, again, get in possession of the Claret Jug. We were walking right next to each other going off the plane. And immediately you're back on the ground and you got service and all the rest. And I could see him going through what had to be loads and loads and loads of text messages. He's in front of me by like five feet. And so I see the Claret jug and he's hauling it along. And I took out my phone and I snapped this photo. And this photo has now gone viral. There are literally millions impressions of this all over the world. And because I I did it through Twitter, I get tagged as the source of the photo. So I'm seeing it being used all over the globe in different languages and all the rest. Golf Digest contacted me and asked for permission to use it. I said, of course. ESPN contacted me and asked for permission to use it. I said, of course. Uh, it actually isn't the only photo they took. That's the photo that's gone viral. The, the next photo I'm going to show you, no one has seen yet. Uh, it was actually the first photo that I took when I realized that 
he was pulling behind him the claret jug, which was really cool. And you can kind of see his head bowed there looking down at his phone, answering all those text messages. And then the last thing I shot, and all this was done within a span of about 30 seconds. The last thing I shot was this video of Colin Morikawa walking in Atlanta, pretty much the same as what you saw in the photos. But I just figured, I don't know, maybe I should do a little video clip of it too. So a bunch of people came back and they said to me, did you, did you say anything to him? And I said, no, I didn't say anything to him. I mean, he was busy answering his text messages and I felt like the, the pictures spoke all by themselves. Uh, I just thought it was so cool. And a lot of people were shocked that he would fly commercial, right? Uh, I'm not as shocked by that. I don't know why, but I'm just, it's incredibly expensive to, to, I, I would think a round trip. I know we want over $2 million, but round trip to fly over and back to the UK is, has to be at least a hundred thousand dollars, I would think in a private jet. So, but whatever, I mean, that's, I don't spend other people's money one way or the other. So another thing that happened that I haven't told the world about yet, when, when we were, when we get off, when you go to Atlanta, you have to go through us customs and then you, then you recheck your bags and go to wherever you're going. And so we get to customs and I peel off to the left because that's where you can go through what's called global entry. And if you have global entry, you have, you have to physically go, you have to apply. They do a background check. They, they do fingerprints on file, everything. But when you go in, you, you put your passport in, they took a photo of you and they pump out a card and they say, go see the, the customs agent. And it's fast as all get out. It, it probably took me a minute and a half to go through customs as a result. Interestingly enough, Colin Morikawa, the champion golfer of the year, someone who I would presume travels a ton around the world, but it still just, again, kind of illustrates who, who this humble young man is. He apparently didn't have global entry. He peeled off to the right, and he went into the line, this massive queue where all these people were waiting to go through traditional customs. So I get through, do my thing, go to, you have to go to the baggage claim. You have to get your bags because, again, it's customs. So, and then you got to recheck them to wherever you're going next, which for me, of course, was here in Orlando, which, which was massively delayed because of storms and equipment and all the rest, but whatever, made it. So I get my, first class comes out first, obviously. So I see a bag on the carousel and it looked like a military issue bag. It was that style, you know, it was about, it was a big duffel bag. It was kind of a, a, a greenish hue. Uh, with straps on the outside, and embroidered on the middle of the bag was Morikawa. And I'm thinking to myself, "Mm, he might want to change that going down the road. But it was right there for the world to see, and a number of people did see it. Because again, his bag would have come out first when he was still back there waiting in that massive line. So I watched that thing go round and round and round and round about a thousand times before my, my bag popped out, and I grabbed it, turned it in, and off it went onto Orlando and it got back with me without any issue. So it was just so cool to take this picture of this young, now multiple time major champion living life. I mean, look at how, how simple it is where you've got Colin Morikawa walking with a backpack and a a carry bag and beneath that on wheels, the claret jug. He's just, he's a humble guy. He's a normal human being, which is, which is something that we like to illustrate a lot when we talk about these sorts of things happening in the world of golf, who, who these people actually are. 
and and then the the fact that he went through the normal customs just like every other human being was uh, just one more example, one more indication of who he is. And if you notice, he's walking to the left of the the people mover. He didn't even he doesn't even take that. He's just just walking. That is I mean, the thing that I can't believe. Why is that? Because the guy just walked. I mean, you uh, walking all the dunes and the, the open championship. I mean, how many miles did this guy just walk? And he's got a freaking side like. Dude, it's like a little escalator thing. You just take the escalator. You did like 700 miles of walking. Well, actually, and he's just like, ah, I should just, I'll just keep we, walking. We actually, <laughs> in the broadcast side, do a lot more walking than the players because we can't go in straight lines like they can. We have to be in position to be in front of them. So it doesn't do me any good to go to the tee box, which is a direct line from green. You have to go around so that you're not interfering with, with them while they're trying to hit their tee shots. And so we measured it. And the average miles per day, because there are no, there's no buggies, there's no carts that, that cart you around there like they have in the U.S. with media people. Uh, we, on average, per day, we're walking about 12 miles. And it's 12 miles like this. That's why I was telling you it's, it's great exercise. But anyway, I, I thought you guys would enjoy knowing the story behind the story of how that happened and the fact that I, what I love about it is that it reveals just a young man that's, that's a very humble champion, but a champion nonetheless. And, and a very cool and a deep congratulations to Colin Morikawa. What a week it was. All right, I'm going to take a break here. We've got a lot for you coming up. We've got sound from the other winners in the week that was in the world of golf. I, I'd want to revisit some of the clips that we had yesterday, uh, which I thought uh, Andrew and John and Dom and, and Wes and our entire team that's behind the scenes on an editorial side, did a fantastic job of putting together all of our coverage from the open. It wasn't easy logistically when you're thousands and thousands of miles away to make it happen. And when you are one of the only American golf media on site at the media center, it was, it was really very different, very, very different uh, than, than in the past. And, and I'm hoping it gets back to normal again very soon for, for everybody, for all of the obvious reasons as well. So we've got a lot more to go through with you when we come back. Uh, PXG.com is a good place to get started if you want to find out anything about what's going on with their new Gen 4 product lines. Gen 4 is by far the most advanced clubs and best performing that we have ever made. Packed with new innovations like aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, X-Core technology, and more. Gen Core's drivers, fairways, hybrids, they all deliver incredible ball speed, distance control, sound, and feel. So again, pxg.com is a great place to get started, or just call 844-PLAY-PXG, 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes clubs the way we do, period. And for those of you that are feeling pain, everyone raise your hand, you know you, everyone is. Whether it's caused by being an athlete, whether it's caused by just living, whether it's caused by your golf swing, and wherever that pain is, feet, ankles, knees, hips, lower back, middle back, upper back, neck, shoulders, elbows, hands, wrists, BioFit360 says you do not have to live in pain. There is something that you can do about it. And what they want you to do about it is they want you to do your research. Really do your research. BioFit360.com is a great place to start to learn about what they do and what makes them different, including consulting with over 1,000 medical professionals to learn how to expertly extract the uh, CBD oil from the hemp plant. Uh, it's, it's amazing once you get into this stuff and you realize what's really happening and how it really works. 
and it is very, very much worth it for you. Maybe you just want to sleep better. It's one of the reasons that we use it, and it's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, you can feel better. You can do better. You can be better. Just log on to biofit360.com. We are not done yet. Much more coming up in the Fairways of Life show. Many more voices for you to hear from, including an incredible story from the man himself about the change on the eve of the Open by Colin Morikawa that may well have been a principal part of the reason that he was able to perform as well as he did and be the first man ever to win in his debut in two major championships. It's incredible stuff. Stay with us. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products. So I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D, that's available to them, and what they were able to create to help me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micro-manufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course. 
Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course, secluded by thousands of acres. The greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com. Yeah, it's hard to be um, hard to be upset when I was a couple over through six. I, you know, I very I couldn't have really done much more after that point. But the finish yesterday um, was about as upset as I've taken um, a finish of a round to the house. I mean, I walked in and wanted to. I said, "Is there something that I can break?" And I, mean, I just I knew that that was so important because I would have been in the final group. And anyway, um, had to regroup. Uh, 18 hours later and and then just had a lot of in-between clubs and you have to be so precise here you need some good numbers and um, and then uh, kind of fatted it off six and went to seven thinking uh, okay now you know um, we're going for everything and this is we're going to see what happens and I'm very proud to go proud of going six under in the last 12 in this golf tournament and putting some pressure on Colin and from what I've heard since you know he made I guess uh, he made a big par save on 10, made a putt up the ridge on 14, and a par save on 15. And um, I needed a break, and I didn't get it um, from him. And um, I did all I could. So uh, I'm upset because I really felt like I played well enough to win and made a couple really dumb mistakes that possibly if I had maybe played the week before, wouldn't have made, Um, like just stepping in and missing my couple footer on 18 yesterday not really thinking about it and then um but uh at the same time I did everything I could in the past few hours to to win this championship all right so Jordan Spieth I was mentioned to you earlier about where I started noticing things kind of going sideways on Saturday it was actually eight I think I said six before but I meant eight because six he birdied beautifully on that par three six it was his demise on Sunday which is which is was exactly what I meant to say uh, but on, on Saturday, he had a beautiful shot in there and, and made, made a birdie. But on eight on Saturday, and here's the, the score sheet. So I'm not just relying upon. Andrew, did you, you have a copy of these score sheets, right, from Saturday? You can, if, uh, if you guys are watching this on the TV side, it gives you kind of a look at what these score sheets look like. Now, granted, this is after me being with it for five hours of scribbling away notes. But on eight on Saturday... He hit a shot left, his tee shot hit left, and it, and it ended up in this just really thick, rough, really tough rough. Uh, I can see in my preview screen that Andrew is kind of zooming in on, on things, so you can kind of see what it looks like as, as I'm going through this, because this, be, this becomes my roadmap, the Bible. And if you're looking at it, you can look at it and go, wait a minute, Matt, he, he parred the hole. He did par the hole. Credit to him, but that's where I started to see where things were getting kind of nervy because up until that point, he was three under for the day. But when that one went left, and then after 70, he made another birdie, so he was four under for the day. Uh, when that one went left on him, right? Uh, he, I was with Reese Davies both days, Saturday and Sunday, a winner on the European Tour too. He told me that it was as bad a lie that he had seen Jordan have all week. And so in between the 11th, which is kind of this plateaued fairway, and then you have to go over this valley of low 
sweeping dunes, really low, like four or five feet, but they're they're covered with with the hay. I mean, the, there's fescue all over them, except for one little tiny walking path. And Jordan laid into his shot, and we could see because I was standing on the dune to the right of the of the fairway, just about hundred yards from the green, I could see that the shot that he hit wasn't going to clear this area I just described to you. And sure enough, it came down on the front side of the dune that I was standing on, probably 30 feet to my right. And it hit the facing of one of the sides of the hill in the middle of all that grass. And somehow it didn't hold it in its clutches. It released his ball and it rolled up to within about 15 or 20 feet to the, to the front of the green. And as you can see, as Andrew is showing that that board, I show you where they cut the pin each day. It was 38 paces on and only four from the left side. So the, the hole was way in the back of the green. So as he's coming up, I'm standing there waiting for him to do his shot. I wasn't on the air at that point. They were covering something else. And I see, I see him and Michael Greller looking up at me, looking up at me, and kind of you know craning their necks to see where the ball was. And so I instinctively pointed to him to say it's right there in front of the green. I didn't say anything at that point. I just pointed for him. And Jordan says to me, where did it pitch? And I was like, what? He said, where did it pitch? So I don't know whether I was answering a question that they were debating amongst themselves or what, but I said it hit the face of the hill. It hit right in the middle of all that really thick grass. It just didn't hold. And he kind of nodded his head, you know, just kind of like a quick little, all right. So I don't know what was going on with all that, but that was where I started to see where I was getting a little nervy. And so... Par at eight, par at nine for Jordan. He birdies 10. It looks like, hey, you know, we're back on track. He's got it going here. He obviously hit good shots. 10th is a really unique little hole. But a bogey at 11 and then really scrambling for pars until 17. And as you guys know, 17 and 18 on Saturday uh, it were when he made those bogeys and when he said later on in that press clip that we played for you that he was saying, you know, I just wanted to go home. I wanted to break something. I mean, it was funny because after he bogeyed 17, he got, you know, uh, he was playing with Dylan Fratelli, and, and Dylan was still up on the green, and, and he was kind of on the front of the green, at the, at the bottom of the false front, and he kind of crouched down on the ground, and he was really crouched down. It looked like he had his head in his hands, like his hands on the side of his head. And Reese said to me, he goes, that's, that's a pretty strong emotional response from someone that's still 10 under par. He was right in the mix which was a really interesting observation, I thought, at that. And then for Jordan, as he noted there, the the shot he hit at six on Sunday, and this is what I was referring to earlier, that's that par three. It was playing 183 yards, but the shot itself to cover needed needed to be about 155. It was downwind, uh, elevated tee. I'm not saying it was an easy shot by, by any means because of all the variables that you have to take in but he was at least 15 yards short of, of where he needed to be in order to safely play it because of the way those pot bunkers protect the front of that green. And he found one of the pot bunkers, and it ended up being a bogey on the sixth. Now, he came right back and made an eagle on the seventh, which was tremendous. He made a birdie at nine. So what he was referring to is that after that bogey, so he's through six holes, he's two over, two over. And it looked like mm, his race may have been won here if this is the way it's going to go. And then he made a, a eagle at seven. He made birdie at nine, birdie at 10, birdie at 13, 
birdie at 14, and he had plenty of other opportunities and some really good efforts. It's not like he squandered those opportunities. He, he put really good putts on them, as is the case with the game of golf. They just refused to fall. Now, for he who they did fall for was Colin Morikawa. And in this clip, which uh, was clip one, uh, Andrew, from yesterday, where he was talking about what it's like at 24 years old to be told and to be reminded, rightfully so, of the fact that he has now made history. When you make history, and I'm 24 years old, um, it's hard to grasp and it's hard to really take it in. Um, you know, I, a quick little side note was, you know, when Phil won the PGA, he's fi- or I think he's 50 years old, right? Um, I didn't look at him as, you know, this old guy winning. I, I looked at him as still competition that could really play well. You know, if he put everything together, which he did, he could play well and win. Um, so at 24, it's so hard to look back at the, the short two years that I've been a pro and see what I've done um, because I want more. You know, it's, it's so early on, and I, I enjoy these moments, and I love it, and I think I need to teach myself to embrace it a little more, maybe spend a few extra days uh, sitting back and, and drinking out of this. Um, but, yeah, I need to – yeah, I, I just want more. You know, when, you, when you're in these moments – and you truly love what you do, which I, I love playing golf and competing against these guys. Um, these are the best moments ever because the nerves push you to just be a better person. Uh, to that point, when you talk about Colin Morikawa and, and, or any professional golfer for that matter, and you talk about what they have to go through to do what they do, and we're going to get into that in, in, a, in just a little bit here in the Fairways of Life show with a fascinating conversation about one of the things that he did that's kind of a, a secret of the week. It's, it can be a love-hate relationship with the game. And he spoke about the fact, you know, this is his job now. This is what he does. And he does, he just told us he loves what he does, but he is still have to work at it. So here's Colin Morikawa trying to find that balance. I think golf's a love-hate relationship. Um, but every time you're able to tee it up in a tournament, you just love it. Because every shot's a new challenge. Every day is a new challenge. Um, and it's all on your own. You know, there, there is a big team supporting me that, that I don't give credit to, you know, or we don't give credit to enough. My family, my girlfriend, agent, sponsors, you know, TaylorMade, every, everyone down the line, my caddy, coach, um, they all deserve the credit. But when it comes down to it, I'm the one hitting the shot. And um, every shot is just so unique. You know, I, there's not one shot out there that was somewhat similar to any shot I've ever had in my life. And although sometimes they're, they're kind of similar, you know, for example, that 16th hole at Harding Park, um, it's still a completely different shot. It's a completely different moment. And um, I think enjoying every moment you can, even though sometimes frustrating, uh, you look at some of the best players, their demeanor is that calm, cool, relaxed, um, but they're so driven, right? The end goal is still there. So we've had tough days. We've had, we've had good ones. Um, you try and remember the good, forget the bad, and, and move on. I just thought that was a really cool quote from Colin Morikawa in, in so many different ways. It was more than just one quote. It was, it was really neat nonetheless. All right, really neat, too, for those who won and the week that was because golf took place other than at the Open. Uh, I didn't have time to, to focus on any of it, to be honest with you. So Dom and John and, and Andrew put together all of these pieces from those that we should say congratulations to and feature them. The Corn Ferry Tour, it was the Memorial Health Championship where Taylor Moore finished at 27 under par. His first victory, and he spoke to it. You know, I, I just was really in a good rhythm early. I, I had a bunch of good shots, you know, to start my day out. Um, 
turned at three under. I, I was just hitting a bunch of quality shots, and when I did get in trouble, I, I found a way to make four, and um, yeah, I just played the way I wanted to. I envisioned it, you know, going this way, and uh, was able to execute it, and really proud of that. I, uh, I rolled the ball really well. I was really comfortable on these greens. Um, made a bunch of key putts, you know. I think I had one bogey on the week, and you know, was excited to not three putt 17. I hit that first one a little hard, and was able to clutch up and drain that next one. And you know, I just put a bunch of good rolls on it this week, and I uh, was really pleased, obviously, with with shooting 27 under and putter putter served me well. It hasn't really sunk in yet, you know. I've I was just so proud of how I handled myself today out there, and I was really calm. I was in my bubble. I was just doing my deal, um, you know, that me and my caddy do when I'm out there, and. You know, there's just another round of golf, and it just happened to add up to a win. So that's really what I was, the mind frame I was in. And, you know, I'm sure all my phone's blowing up in my back pocket, so everybody else is excited. And I'm, I'm very excited, but I'm sure it'll it'll sink in at a later moment. Man, it's pretty sick. I mean, I'll get emotional about it at some point just because it's what I've dreamed of doing since I was a little kid. Um, but it's pretty awesome. I'm just... I'm not only excited for me, I'm, I'm excited for everybody around me, you know, my family and the people that have believed in me from a young age and just the, the support team that I have around from, you know, agent and mental coach and swing coach and all, all the people around me. This is, this is as much a credit to them as it is to me, and I'm just uh, I'm super happy for them, and I know they're excited to, to watch me out on tour in the future. Congrats to Taylor. Taylor, uh, touredge.com is where you can get started by seeing their massive product line. They're getting a lot of attention, and rightfully so, because of their package sets, their box sets, so that if you have a loved one that wants to play golf or get back into playing golf or maybe a son or daughter that hasn't played before or a grandson or granddaughter, uh, you can get these box sets, and they have everything you need in a box, from the bag to the, the, the metal woods to the irons, wedges, putter, Everything. You're ready to go. Uh, I will tell you that they're selling out like crazy because the game of golf is still continuing to boom and the numbers continue to show it month by month, which we're all very happy for. But go on to touredge.com. You can see exactly what I'm talking about and everything else in their wonderful product line. Pound for pound, the best value in the game, and it all carries a lifetime warranty. As you guys know, we represent the PGA Tour Superstore, and we are extremely proud represent the number one golf retailer in america they are number one for a variety of reasons yes it is about those huge and beautiful stores that they have spread out from coast to coast in north america but i believe it's because of their people you are actually buying from professionals and their vested interest is not just selling you a widget it's not just selling you sporting goods where you might buy something for fitness or running or hunting or fishing in another part of the store that's not them they are about the game of golf. Nobody knows more about it than they do, and you can be assured that what you get is perfect for you, that your investment will bring back to you great joy. PGATourSuperstore.com is where you can get started to see where they are and everything that is inside of those beautiful stores. The Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational was in Michigan this past weekend. It was a team event. Uh, Aria and Mariah Jutanagarn, the sisters won, but how they won, they ended up shooting... Uh, at 24 under par, they won by three when it, when it was all said and done. But it, two times they shot scores of 59 on their way to victory. It was amazing, and they spoke of the same. Before we went to the tee, I walked to my sister and told her, like, you know what, Mo? Today the goal is we're going to try to make birdie every hole. 
and I don't care if we both gonna make bogey, but after that, if we make bogey, after that, try to make birdie again. And that's the goal today. So I told her and we agree to have the same goal. I feel like out there is like about momentum, of course. And um, we we had a pretty good momentum at the start. And, um, you know, it's just more like supporting just, you know, I say it over and over again. And of course, I had a great support from my sister this week. Um, no matter what, you know, like she probably hit a few trees out there and, you know, but she still make a lot of birdie for me. So... I forgive her, and uh, we we really enjoy it. <laughs> I would say it's really special, you know. Like every tournament I won, she always with me, and when she won, I with her also. And you know, doing when I play today, I just told myself like, you know, it, this gonna be a great memory for us to win together. And I know she been she really want to win for like you know two three years, and I I really want to do it for her also. And, you know, and to share the moment together, like to be able to win together. I like how both of them are standing with the, with the arms on the, on the hips like that. The sisters. Congratulations at that. How about Seamus Powers winning? For the first time, it was the Barbasol Championship that he broke through. Uh, he finished way before JT Poston, but JT Poston stumbled late coming in and ended up going to a playoff again on the PGA Tour. We're getting used to that, right? This time, a six-hole playoff before Sheamus broke through and secured his victory. So congratulations to him. Obviously, he's pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's an incredible day. Um, yeah, I mean, I started out knowing that I was going to need a low one. Didn't, to be honest, I didn't think five under would be low enough. Um, but yeah, I was able to pick one up on the last. Sorry, uh, able to pick one up on the last, squeeze into a playoff, and then yeah, eventually kind of uh, pull through there. After you know, the first hole there was very exciting to get a, get the chip in. Obviously, JT to follow you in. You're you're trying to tell yourself he's going to make it, but you know, deep down, there's a little bit of you that's already kind of thinking ahead. But yeah, I mean, I was able to just kind of stay patient enough there, and just you know, JT obviously was unfortunate just to make one mistake, and yeah, I was I was able to just take advantage. But yeah, I mean, unbelievable day. I mean, you know, career changing, life changing, all that kind of good stuff. So I mean, it, it's not going to sink in for a while, but it's an amazing day. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'll probably have to take a few days to kind of you know figure out some goals. I mean you know, whatever, probably two months ago, I mean, just to get into the playoffs, it would have been absolutely over the moon. I mean, I had a good run of golf, and you know, but the win is obviously the two-year exemption. I think someone said, I mean, the players and PGA Championship and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's everything's going to change, at least for the immediate future. So, again, I haven't really let any of that sink in yet. It's just kind of still hitting me that, you know, I'm, I'm holding this trophy. So, they're all kind of good things I'll have to deal with here soon. Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, I, I was actually in a pretty good frame of mind, to be honest. Um, you know, it's my first first time in a playoff. Didn't really know what to expect, but I've been playing well recently. I had a lot of confidence, and then I, I like that hole. I mean, I just birdied in regulation, so you know, I feel good with my three wood in my hand. I knew it was going to have some chances there. So, but you, you just you're trying to block out those thoughts as best you can. But you know, they, they do try sneak in, but you just kind of have to. You know, you, you kind of remember some of the things you've learned from some very very smart people that kind of help you in these those situations. And you know, you kind of you go from there and do the best you can. Uh, I mean, definitely my dad. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's still up. I know he probably won't sleep for a, freaking, for a week after it. But yeah, I mean, whenever I get out here, I'll, I'll give him a shout. I'm sure he's already sent me some messages. But I mean, there's the, the list of people that call is just incredibly long. I mean, anyone, you guys have been around enough golfers. There's so many people that it takes to get to this, this point. You know, it doesn't happen by accident. You know, you have sponsors and you have coaches and you have helpers and you have family and you have friends and all that kind of stuff. It all, it all matters. And so I'm going to have a lot, 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 long list of phone calls here to make. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. My caddy and I talk about it all the time. I mean, you, the last, my, my last three, four weeks, it, it's unbelievable. You know, you, you could finish 15th and be three shots out of a playoff, and it's just, there's so many guys playing good golf. I, I mean, the standard of golf right now, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't know enough about golf to compare your ears, but it just seems like there's so many good players and so many, you know, players that are playing well under pressure. I mean, I mean, Colin Marikawa today is an unbelievable example. I mean, he's 20. Four is he? Is he 24? And I mean, I watched watched him for 16 holes, and it looked like he was out playing with his buddies on a Saturday. To be honest, it was it was it was remarkable. You seem to have more guys capable of doing that. Whether it's you know, for me, it's, it was a Tiger Tiger Woods influence. You know, he's the guy that you kind of saw do this in in these situations. And I guess I mean, a lot of people grew up watching him, and you know, that's the kind of stuff you're trying to like copy there under pressure but it is amazing I mean just as you said a couple of shots here and there I haven't even seen the final leaderboard but there's probably you know guys three shots out and they're you know struggling to finish in the top 10 it's just it's just amazing but yeah I mean that's why everything matters right from right from the get-go on Thursday morning you got to get into tournaments you can't let the tournament come to you it seems like anymore and you got to stay aggressive and I was kind of lucky enough to be able to do that. Seamus Power congratulations after winning the Barbersaw Championship all right when we come back we are going to share with you some secrets behind the victory of Colin Morikawa. Uh, it's an inside story that I think you're going to find absolutely amazing as to what he did on the verge of the Open and how it paid off, quite obviously. Back with more of the Fairways of Life show, digital radio and on television around the world. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to boyngolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver. 
and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B, the Tour Ball, reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Pleasure to have your company from wherever you are joining us around the world on this Tuesday after the Open. We're, we're still reflecting on and, and very much in the glow of everything that took place. Uh, I want to say personally thank you to everybody for all the nice messages that you sent out throughout the course of uh, the, the week. I guess in North America, our entire broadcast was heard on Sirius XM this year. So, sometimes it, because of how radio rights go in North America. They're separate than they are for the rest of the world. For a number of years, ESPN radio had the rights. Uh, I know in, in past years uh, that Sirius XM sometimes had their own crew do part of the broadcast off monitors uh, stateside. Uh, so there, there was different variances. And I guess this year, whether it was because of COVID concerns or logistics or what have you, I guess they used our whole broadcast from on here. And so I'm hearing from a lot of people in North America on uh, just nice comments about what they heard in our broadcast, which is really fun. We have a great team. We've been together for years and years and years, and it was it was so great to be back together with everybody again because, you know, as you guys know, the, we, we weren't together last year at all. And the last time we were together in 2019 at, at Royal Port Rush, uh, which I'm hearing rumors that the Open may be going back to Royal Port Rush in 2025, which I certainly hope that it does. Uh, but right after our broadcast last year, within a couple of weeks, we had lost our dear friend Gordon Brand Jr., who passed away from a heart attack. So this was the first time that we kind of were back together as a family and, and everyone that surrounds the tour or really any, any sport, is you realize that you're, you are one big family. You kind of have your road family, you kind of have your, your you know, back home family. And so it was, it was cathartic for us as well as everything else, but tons of fun to be back with everybody this year and, and be able to broadcast and really cool to, to know that you guys heard it all in North America too. That was, that was really fun for me. Now, as you guys know, when it comes to golf clubs, well, you'd be hard pressed to find a more qualified expert than our next guest, Adrian Rietveld, uh, who's been for about 10 years, tailor-made uh, guy that works alongside of the top tour players his job is to hone their equipment to ensure excellence is achieved all the way through their bag. Well, prior to that, he was a PGA professional at Wade Fort Wentworth. How cool is that? The man knows what he's talking about, and that's why Adrian was the tailor-made staff member that works directly with so many of the players, as mentioned, including Colin Morikawa. Now, just prior to the Open, Colin decided to alter his setup with his irons and I understand that on the American side of the broadcast, the television side, Dom tells me that it was talked about quite a bit during the broadcast of the Open Championship last week. So we are thrilled to have Adrian joining us today to walk us through the specifically how, the how, whens, and wheres, uh, what went into the change that Colin ultimately used to win a Claret Jug on Sunday afternoon. So we start by saying, Adrian, g- good day to you. Welcome, my friend. Thanks for getting up so early with us. <laughs> hey, Matt. 
Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolute delight. Okay, so could you take us through a timeline? Colin played in the Scottish Open, uh, watched him at Scottish Open. He seemed to progress every day, which was really cool. I know I know, he was having some trouble on, on the greens with the speed, etc. cetera. Uh, but the way the story goes is that you heard something in terms of contact. Could you take us through what happened? Um, so... I mean, we had been, in, in the run-up to this, um, we had basically, so, so I work kind of predominantly on the PGA Tour, and obviously through everything that's going on, it wasn't an easy, <clears throat> it wasn't an easy kind of put together to, to, to be able to get us guys that work on the PGA Tour over to the, to the Scottish Open and the Open to support these guys. Anyway, we worked that all out, and, and um, I was the guy that was basically going to go and kind of look after the likes of Colin and Rory and, and Tommy and all these guys as, as they went through this kind of um, UK links swing. Um, anyway, so I, I'm in Scotland. I've been through through everything. And, and uh, Colin arrived on, I think it was the Monday. It might even be, he might have been flew, he might have been have flew on the Monday and saw him on a Tuesday. But anyway, all, all jet lag and everything. And um, he was, um, his, his three would actually crept. Um, so that was that was like the first thing. People don't know this, but that's a, that's a big deal. That if somebody's three wood kind of you know goes through wear and tear and ends up kind of having to be replaced, and that 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 was the first thing that that we had to do. Um, he was okay, like pretty jet lagged, like you know he's he's quite he's quite in tune with stuff like that. You know, if he feels like he's not quite hitting it, and he's he's been on a long flight, and he you know his, his kind of job is to get ready by Thursday. Um, but yeah, so so we did that work in Scotland, and um, uh, obviously, got his. This was his first trip to Europe, where he we were able to get his full bag on our uh, European tour truck. Now, again, people don't uh, that that's quite a big deal because what 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 you need to do is there's so many different machines all over the place in terms of lock and lies and. Dela Cruz machines, swing weight machines, and, and everything has its tiny, tiny, tiny nuances and tolerances. So um, it was a good opportunity for me to, one, get his bag on that truck, get it fully specced um, by my team, you know, to, to the finest detail, and then also, um, yeah, just, just, just kind of set him up and get him ready. And, and that's kind of the way Scotland went down with, with Colin. Um, as we move... So, so the three were, and as we moved into the open, um, I mean, it, uh, he, he must have called me. I mean, within within half an hour to an hour after he finished his his round on Sunday, um, huh. just questions, you know. Because uh, uh, so, so what we would normally, so, so we would normally as a team, we would normally kind of get in on a Sunday and kind of work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes Thursday at a major. And and we're, then we're we're kind of off onto the next event, um, but because it's the Open, you know, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of Americans and a lot of our players that will will, will arrive for the, um, you know, the, the Sunday before. So we'll work all day Sunday, and uh, yeah, that that Sunday was Colin's day to be honest on that truck. You know, he, we, we chatted a lot, um, a lot of back and forth in terms of like his his irons. Um, and and the question he asked was like, is there anything we can do with equipment 
I just feel like I'm not quite striking my irons. Um, and the answer was, was just like, I got to think about it, Colin. <laughs> uh, you're talking to the, you know, you're talking to the best iron player in the world, and that's a fact right now. Um, uh, and when he says to you that he's, you know, he's just, he's just not quite striking his irons, you've really got to think about your answers. You can't, you can't really be, you know, jumping to conclusions. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's kind of how it all started. <laughs> all right, so let, let's go down that road because reading into what you're telling me, Adrian, it sounds to me like the sole configuration of of his irons that he traveled to Europe with were, were having a different interaction with the turf as he went to the harder turf at Royal St. George's. What did you What did you discover? Uh, if I remember correctly, he was playing a P-Series combo set, right? With uh, Yeah. Why don't you take us through that and, and talk so, so to us he, about what so, you so discovered? Colin, so Colin's like, um, when, when you look at his bag, and if you, if you, you, know, if you looked at his full spec, it, you would, um, anybody who's not in the know would probably look at it and go, you know, this guy needs his, his bag cleaned up. Um, but it's, 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 for him, every, every golf club is, is, is its own individual golf club. There's nothing that needs to, there's nothing that needs to match into anything else. Everything has a job. Um, but the, the fact that he plays a combo set is, um, you know, so he play, he plays seven thirties in his pitching wedge to, to seven, then six and five in the, in the MC. And then, uh, uh, in the seven seventy, he plays a four iron. He doesn't play a three iron. And I guess that, you know, in the simplest terms, that, that was really my next, when, when I, once I thought about it, and, you know, you're thinking, you know, it's got something to do with the soul. You know, you, you know, you, you know, the leading edge gets the ball, the leading edge gets the club into the ground. Well, no matter what club you're working with, if it's got turf interaction, the leading edge is, it, it, it gets the club into the ground. So every player has a different um, delivery into the ground. And then that's where, that, that's why you find that a lot of players will do a lot of work on the leading edge. Um, so, so, so the simple question was, you know, how are you hitting your six iron? The, the fact that he played a six iron in the MC, that, that was the question. That was the leading question to get him thinking about turf interaction. And um, he, uh, he came back straight away and he said, you know, it's fine. The, the six iron's just fine. Um, but I, he, did, he, he didn't know if it was, he was like, I don't know if it's in my head. I just don't know if it's like me just, but the six iron was fine, and you know Colin's young. He's he's young. He's he's, he's learning, but he's, he's he's extremely in tune with what he's seeing and what he's feeling. So he might not be able to articulate or, or technically describe exactly what he's after, but but he will he will tell you exactly what's happening in his own way. Um, and, and 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 that was that was the the penny drop for me was the fact that. He said that, um, so phase one, you know, the first point of call was, was to test that, that same soul geometry in his seven iron two pitching wedge. And we know, right, so we, so, so basically the, the MC, the P7 MC versus the, the, the 730 iron, the P7 MC has a slightly sharper leading edge, now only marginally. Is that what is, we're looking at right is, now on the television side, Adrian? That, that is what you're looking at right now. So, okay. so, you know, which is absolutely amazing in its own right. I mean, it's only marginally sharper. You know, sharp is not even the word because, you know, it's, it's just 
less relief on the leading edge and, and there's a fraction less bounce. So both both of those combined, like so so for example, if it had if it had a slightly sharper leading edge but but more bounce, you would you would be working against each other because the um, the club would, would, would get in the ground and the bounce would just want it to get out the ground. So so they'd work but but the fact that they both they both were slightly improvements on the seven thirty in terms of turf interaction it was definitely the thing to do. So we had to build up the seven to pitching wedge and, and, and test those. And, and I said that to Colin, I said, I think the perfect test is this. I'm so delighted that I got your spec in Scotland um, on that truck because I can literally build them the way you like them. And he doesn't, he likes zero. I mean, you literally, they have to be identical. So it will be a good test. Um, we'll, I'll see you in the morning. Everything will be ready for you. Um, and um, yeah, we'll get to work. The photographs that, that we've been showing, which are courtesy of TaylorMade, are they photos, Adrian? Is that you in the photo with, with Colin working on these on these ideas and these specs and these feels? Yeah. That's, um, do they come from, oh, we, they must come from, so we've got, so we, we would have a guy on ground. Every major, every major championship, we have our tour team that attend the tournament, and then we would have one, um, marketing person who, who's, who's very skilled in, in photography and he's and and you hardly see him he's basically just floating around the, the property taking pictures of our, of our athletes and and yeah i guess i guess he was snapping up the work that we were doing on that monday when when you're tasked with doing what you do obviously you do it all the time and you're you're one of the best in the world at it there has to be some apprehension there has to be some fear of tinkering with something so important on the eve of a major championship, how much nerves did you feel as you were going through this process? Well, I mean, you can, the, the, the team, the team kind of, <clears throat> I, I bet they giggle at me a bit, but when it, when it comes to Colin, you know, I, I'm almost like over their shoulder, like staring at him, like, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I, because I, you know I met I met Colin well when when Colin turned professional in his debut he played in the Canadian Open uh, you know just blows my mind away the fact you know that tournament was the one where Rory shot sixty one in the final round to literally blow the field away Colin finished fourteenth um, that was my that was my first true true Colin Morikawa experience. I was with him most of the week. It was his first, it was the day we announced him at TaylorMade. Um, and from that day, fast forward to today, you know, I, I feel like I've learned so much about him and, 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 you know, even like getting these guys to take the spec, I'm, I'm looking at them over their shoulder. I'm like, don't round off any numbers here, guys. This, well, this is what it is. If that's it, if that lost is 36 point seven five then that's what you write you don't clean up you just trust me on this and um wow. you know yeah so, so so when you talk about i mean I, i'm you know a big part of my job is making sure that these guys are happy in in the latest tailor-made equipment you know that's that's it's it's part of our any any manufacturer's marketing um strategy um but I, i'm very reluctant to, to change anybody's equipment unless you know, I feel like I've truly worked it out and I know that the player can benefit from it. And when 
when I look at Colin and, and I was, you, you know, I look at this week and I look at the Open and I look at the work that we did, Colin Morikawa changed six golf clubs. Between Scotland and the Open, he made six equipment changes. That's that's huge. I've never I, and 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 when you you're they're all Colin led. They're all Colin led. They're all, you know, he, he could ask two, three, four questions, and you could end off at a point where he you don't change anything, you know. But, but but these the, this 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 time and this this unique time, you know, everything had had a reason. Everything had a justification. Um, we 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 I, I turned up to uh, the open with um, we we just just got fifteen kind of prototype two iron heads, the the new seven ninety that 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 will come to market. Um, you know, and, and, and it's the Open Championship. A lot of our players, you know, will, will, will want to do some two iron work. So what I would do with those heads is I'd build up, I'd just build up one for each of our key guys just so that they can test it. You know, if, if, if they feel that it's something that they're missing in their bag, you know, so six of those heads, six of those two irons went in play. I built one for Colin. Um, Colin turned up with the two iron that we had worked we had worked on from the Northern Trust Open in the PGA in the FedEx playoffs last year. But Colin hit the hit the two iron twice and it, he hit it perfect, but it just had no there was no reason for him to even explore that because you know what I mean. So 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 I'm, these mm -hmm. these you asked me if I was nervous, uh, you know I think I think no. I've been around and I've done this a lot. I, I just wanted to get it right for him, and you know that 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 two iron situation that I had with him. You know he could have entertained me. He could have gone. I'll take this on the golf course and give it a test. But it, it was just, yeah, it's fine. But I ain't playing it. Not not at the Open. When to go from hope, maybe even apprehension, to the clarity of knowing that you guys got it right. And, and I realize to some extent this may sound like a, a celebration of the obvious with 64 too, but, but Adrian, when did you know? Was there a shot on the practice grounds? Was it a sound that you heard that was back again? When did you know in your heart and mind that you had it dialed in correctly? So, so we're, we're testing, we're testing kind of seven iron versus seven iron. So 730 versus MC, seven iron versus seven iron, eight versus eight, nine versus nine. Mm -hmm. The wedge versus the wedge, and um, there was a there was a there was a period in the testing where both JJ, Colin, and myself were extremely quiet. You know, if there was there was nothing was being said, and it was it was just there were just shots shots being hit by Colin, um, and and. It, Colin then engaged the next the next kind of conversation. He turned around and he and he and he looked at us and he just kind of shook his head and he said, "I don't know what it is, but it's 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 there." And and, and I said and I said, "Jim, I can hear it." I said, "I can hear it. I, I heard it when you were warming up with your seven thirties. I heard, you know, I heard the strike. It wasn't quite Colin like, and I was just trying to work that out." And and then. And then he started talking about the the launch windows and the launch characteristics of, of, of the shots. And and again, like I say, he 
he knows what he's seeing and he knows what he's feeling, but he, he doesn't quite know how to describe it in a in a in a technical call it call it a trackman vocab or anything. But he used his hands and he went. So the seven thirty launches in this window. The MC launches in this window when I'm not playing Lynx Golf. And he said, now the 730 is launching in a fraction lower window and the P7 MC is launching in a tiny, tiny, tiny bit higher window than what my 730s launch in normal conditions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, does that even... And so, so he's, he's talking about it to the finest degree, and, and then he goes, "But I, but I, I quite like that because, you know, if I do have to, you know, hit one harder or whatever I have to do, I just feel like it's 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 the right window." So, I mean, we just saying agreeing with what he says because we it's not like it's not that we can see it. He he, he knows exactly what he's seeing, and then. So then JJ starts to say to him, you know, Colin, hit some shots. Hit some, you know, hit hit that hit that low draw shot that you hit to, you know, to a left flag. Um, let's see what that does. So he starts hitting these two shots with uh, with the two clubs against each other. And what was so interesting is that the because of because of the strike, you know. Of, for a lot of players, when they start to draw the ball, especially for somebody like Colin. So if you think of Colin, his his natural shot shape is left to right. So so his his you know, let's say his spin rate seven thousand RPMs with his stock shot with a seven iron. Mm -hmm. So if he draws the golf ball, which means he's, it's not that he's going from a fade to a straight, he's going like to the opposite side of the spectrum. He does he does a, quite a bit of spin would drop off. So what would happen though is with the 730, he would probably lose 600 RPMs of spin. And when he hit the P7MC, he only lost like 300. So what you what that means is that that means you're you're looking at a ball flight which is not it's not hot, it's not fiery. Do you know what I mean? So it's got a lot of margin for error. In terms of you know if he spins one a little lower than it should or if he spins one a little higher than it should so what that means for me and in my mind is that when the spin rates are better and more consistent there's there's, there's more opportunity for distance control and that's colin's dna and i think that that was the moment for me i mean he hadn't gone on the course he hadn't done everything but that was the moment for me where, where i felt very comfortable with what we were doing the, the stable that you guys have at, at TaylorMade is argue, arguably the, the strongest stable of all time. How, Adrian, how emotionally vested are you in the performance of these athletes when, you've, when you do what you do? I, I sense even emotion now, but when you watched him march to victory through Sunday afternoon at Royal St. George's, what was that like, given what you guys had just gone through a few days before? I, I was absolutely buzzing. I mean, I watched, I watched every shot. I mean, the big one, like even Friday. Friday was was, was, was Friday was tough because 
he shot 64 on Friday and the whole world were that I mean everyone was like calling me and were like talking to us and, and it was as, as if he had won the tournament and that, that that really like you know it really gets you because every week you're, you're working with with these world-class players and, and and you get back you get back home to your family and you know a lot of these guys are on the feature group every week and, and you can watch every single shot they hit um, and you do and, and you're just you're so invested in in the work you're doing and the talent you you're working with that the expectations are so high and and I would say like you know you look at the the end of the end of last year you know when when, when we came back from you know when the PGA restarted and I mean tailor-made players both in Europe and and in the US every single week it felt like it was a tailor-made player winning and DJ doing what he did um, so so you get you, you almost get you know complacent in terms of what what the routine is and you know I think I think this year you know it's it's you know Rory still won Collins won won a, a WGC and a major now but but it's, it's it's not that easy, you know, and 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 it's it's these guys are so good. You, you just you just you know, winning's a big thing. It's it's huge, and and I, you know, it. You just need sun, and and you look at you know, I think Colin played near perfect golf. Um, on Sunday, he um, I mean, he he held out unbelievably well, and you know, I don't. You know, one mistake, he doesn't win that tournament. That, that's what's so scary is, is one mistake. And and he he only won by two shots. Okay, he beat he beat the guy who was fifth by like seven or eight shots, which which is more of a reflection of how good he played. But he only won by two shots and, and, and he never he never missed a shot. So it just shows how hard it is to win. Can, can you think of another time, Adrian, where a player has, has made as drastic of changes to his equipment and then gone on to victory. Oh, geez. Uh, I mean, every every week that is, is so unique for us and so different. Um, I, I mean, I, I got to speaking about Colin. I, Colin Colin changed his putter on the Wednesday of concession, the WGC one. You know, we we were. You know, there, there was um, FedEx were having issues that week, and we, we were struggling with shipments. And you know, Collins Collins putter is is is, is although you know it, it, it's it's an inline putter, which is you know looks very um, you know on TV, it, you know just looks like it is. But it's there's a lot of specifics to that putter, which is very unique to Colin. And 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 as he was going through this this this. You know, he was trying to find a grip that worked for the for the claw and felt comfortable with. And you know, he, he was very specific in terms of where his hand position needed to be. So we needed to do a lot of in-house work on on the putter that he wanted to use. And it, it's it does you don't just do it overnight. You know, this is, so it, it was it's kind of a race against time. And, and we, we got it done. And, and the putter was supposed to arrive for him on the Monday of of, of the WGC. And you know. There was, there was, I think that was the time. I think there was, there was problems in the middle of the country with weather or something. But anyway, you know, we were chasing this, this putter, this putter delivery for seventy hours, and and it, and it actually turned up. I believe it was, it must have been twelve thirty one p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. We we were leaving the course at about 
two thirty. Wow. And the putter arrived and got it from the locker room. You know, went straight to the putting green where Colin obviously had been waiting for this putter all week and, and, and that's um you know that that for me was it was a huge one. It just it showed me how and you know how he putted that week, but it, it showed us, you know, how in tune he was with not not just second guessing things, but but this is what I want. This is what I need. And once he got it, you know, he doesn't he doesn't second guess his decisions. If I may, Adrian, uh, Adrian Riedfeld yeah. is our guest. He's the senior tour manager for TaylorMade Golf. If I may, after his victory was secured, when did you hear from Colin? I heard from Colin. So 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 he he obviously went through all of these everything that he had to do as as the winner i heard from i heard from his manager within 20 minutes and i were and i and i and and i woke up to a message in the middle of the night from colin um which is amazing and i mean it was yeah just just what a man what a man you know i was i was i was so excited and so happy for him um but uh I mean, I can even, what, what did he say? Uh, give me uh, a your, second. Your, your audio is still with it. I know you're looking for the message itself, so we can still hear you. Adrian, we'll, we'll go yeah, to, we'll basically, go to a, yeah, we'll go to a photo of you guys working on the, on the range, but go ahead and tell us what he said, if you would. Really appreciate the help these past couple of weeks. Everything worked and paid off. It's awesome to be in the team with you. I'll see you soon. Safe travel. Adrian, it is amazing. Uh, I, I can see you're back with us on camera again as well. I, I know you, you flipped away in order to read that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, this young man, who is now a multiple-time major champion, who is the first ever to win at two debut major championships for him, uh, what do you feel like the ceiling is for, for Colin Morikawa? <laughs> I, I mean, I... Uh... You have to say that the sky is the limit, and and I'll just add to that. You know, it's not. You know, I, I was, I feel very lucky and fortunate to be the guy that he that he reached out to and and you know trusted. But he um, he works amazing with with everyone at TaylorMade. You know, our whole team, and and he um, he challenges us, man. He challenges us to do things differently. He challenges us to, to work smarter, to, you know, to work with with more more patience, more time to, 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 to get things right. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I talk and I, I just think of all the faces in TaylorMade that he's touched and that he's, you know, it's not that he goes through one person and that's the guy he works with. It's, it's not like that. He, 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 he trusts us all as a, as an organization. And yeah, so, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if that message went through to, to many more people. Um, you know, in in their, in their own personal way, um, and and like I say, I look back to to when he he made his debut, and 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 I was in Canada, at that at that Canadian Open, and been, yeah, I just remember that, and and I just think like, you know, he's his three in the world now, which is which is, just blows your mind, um. And, and he can play on, and I think what I've, what I've learned and what I've realized, you know, through all this is that, you know, golf's not really a, yes, it's a game of power and, and, and 
but but it's you just can't beat these guys that that have the ability to turn a to play golf like it's chess you know one piece at a time and and you know i just that golf course is so tough he's he's gone 30 31 holes without without a bogey i mean you just you just have to walk around there for 15 minutes and 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 just appreciate what what that is um so yeah I feel like he can win on any any golf course. I feel like he, I'm, I'm so excited to see him at the Ryder Cup and see what he's like with, um, you know, in in that kind of environment. You know, when when uh, it was funny that the match play was, yet <laughs> as a guy, and you see him at the at the US PGA. It's his, you know, it's his it's his first time playing that major, and, and he wins. I see him at the the, the WGC match play and. I did I did a lot with him that week and and the overriding thing was this was his first professional match play tournament he was four in the world it's the first time he's playing match play as and uh, you know then you move on to to the link stuff in the open and it's 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 the first and he's, he definitely wants to be uh, a player that 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 wins all over the world he, he already is that now um but you know, even even during these tough times with, with, with travel and restrictions, you know, when he went and played in Dubai at the at the DP World, um, and, and, and there was not even a second guess about that. He was so excited to go and see Dubai. He was so excited to go and experience, you know, <laughs> the golf is part of it, but, but he's, he's, he's just, yeah, he's just a very unique individual, and, and it's, 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 you know, I've always thought and, and I've always said to people, you know, the, when it when it's not a job, when something's what you really want and really want to do and, and it, you wake up every morning and this guy's not working. It's not work for him. This is this is a, a passion and a love that, that, that he, you know, I think, can he get to number one in the world? I mean, who'd bet against that? He's got some serious, serious, serious competitors and, 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 and people there, but I don't think I don't I think he possesses talents and, and, and ability that that's very unique and uh, you, you can't really you, uh, you can't you can't doubt him you can't bet against him I think I think he gets to one in the world for sure um, and whether he fights against it's a John Rahm or a Rory McIlroy or whoever he's in that race amazing stuff uh, Adrian Rietveld is the senior tour manager for TaylorMade golf uh adrian that love uh that passion that commitment that artistry clearly you and your family on the tailor-made side possess all of that which enables it's a it's a magic carpet in some ways for your athletes to go out and perform congratulations to all of you for what you have accomplished once again it was absolutely fascinating and we appreciate you getting up early and joining us today Oh, thank you, Matt. I appreciate being on the show, and and um, yeah, great show. And I I I, uh, I hope that we, we we get to talk again soon. I do too, sir. Thank you ever so much. That was, folks, absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. I, I it's it happens to me a lot that I get uh, chills run up my spine as you hear someone speak at that level and giving you an inside view of what happened and how it happened. Um, that's my advice to you would be. 
when you when the program gets posted back on demand, which is free, you can get it everywhere around the world. Watch that again in its entirety, and I think you're going to be agree with me that it was absolutely stunning and amazing. That's a very very special group of people at TaylorMade with what they're doing. Uh, TaylorMade.com is the website. Uh, TaylorMadeGolf.com too, if you want to if you want to check out everything that they are doing. Thank you so much for your company. It was a delight to spend this Tuesday with you. We have a huge week of shows still coming up, including we're going to talk to a lot more Olympic golfers uh, over the next couple of days and share their excitement and their enthusiasm and their passion for representing their countries in Tokyo. Until then, be well and goodbye for now.